Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. This is Mo D from the SR. How are we all doing today? Today we're going to be talking about grace. Uh, last week we learned about grace being a gift. Today we're talking about grace in a new dimension. We're going to be learning about what grace does for us. The importance of grace. I take my text from Jonah chapter 4, verse 1 to 11, NKJV. Jonah 4, 1 to 11. I read, But it displeased Jonah exceedingly, and he became angry. So he prayed to the Lord and said, Ah, Lord, was not this what I said when I was still in my country? Therefore I fled previously to Tarshish, for I know that you are a gracious and a merciful God, slow to anger and abundant in loving kindness, one who relents from doing harm. Therefore now, O Lord, please take my life from me, for it is better for me to die than to live. Then the Lord said, Is it right for you to be angry? So Jonah went out of the city and sat on the east side of the city. There he made himself a shelter and sat under it, in the shade, till he might see what would become of the city. And the Lord God prepared a plan, and made it come up over Jonah, that it might be shed for his head to deliver him from his misery. So Jonah was very grateful for the plan. But as money dawned the next day, God prepared a worm that he so damaged the plan that it withered. And it happened when the sun arose that God prepared a vehement east wind and the sun beat on Jonah's head so that he grew faint. Then he wished death upon himself and said, It is better for me to die than to live. Then God said to Jonah, Is it right for you to be angry about the plan? And he said, It is right for me to be angry even to death. But the Lord said, you have had pity on the plant for which you have not labored, nor made it grow, which came up in a night and perished in a night. And should I not pity Nineveh, that great city in which are more than 120,000 persons who cannot discern between their right hand and their left and much livestock? Um, I give context to this quickly. I know we've heard about Jonah, how we got swallowed up. By a whale, I guess. And it was in the belly of the fish for three days. Right? And he asked God for mercy. And God, you know, the fish let him out. And, you know, Jonah, God sent him. Being a prophet, God sent him to this city called Nineveh. You know, to evangelize so that they can turn from their wickedness. But from what I gather... Jonah didn't want them to repent. He wanted them to perish for what they've done or what they're doing. And in that space, he uh, rebelled against God. You know, he didn't want to go there. You know, but God encouraged him. You know, gave him some encouragement and he went. And when I mean encouragement, I mean God dealt with them. <laughs> you know, and he went and delivered the message to those people. So now... The people of Nineveh, they fasted, put on sackcloth, 
you know, they ask God for forgiveness and God had mercy on them. So God didn't destroy them, right? But guess what? They had displaced Jonah. Now I, I go to verse 2 of our text. Jonah now prayed to the Lord and said, remember that he's angry now, right? But I reminded God that this is the reason why he didn't want to leave his country. And he fled to another place because he knows God is a gracious and a merciful God. Slow to anger, abundant loving kindness. One will relent from doing harm. So now he's angry because God wouldn't hurt the people of Nineveh, right? This same God now in verse 3 Jonah made a request out of his anger and frustration. He said, Therefore, O Lord, please take my life from me, for it is better for me to die than to live. This is the God who just reminded how gracious he is, how merciful he is, you know, how patient he is because it's slow to anger, how loving he is, you know, how kind. Yeah, it doesn't hurt people. But because you're angry. And this is the point of the dysfunction for a lot of us that are called and a lot of us that God is using or God's people because we are called. It could be, you know, you could be in your field of work and that's a calling. It doesn't have to be, you don't have to be a prophet or a pastor or whatever. But your anger can kick you out of grace. Now, grace now is the aspect where a lot of people don't get. I struggle to accept it, to be honest, sometimes because it's a gift. We were told last week how some of us don't know how to receive gifts. You're asking God to do something because you don't understand grace. And most times, a lot of people are raised on performance, so they feel they have to earn everything. You hear questions like, why do you love me? I'm looking at you like, fam, you're asking me why do I love you? I don't know. I love you. Because the moment I can explain to you that is because you do this, or you have a nice smile, or you walk like this, or I like the way you talk. You know, one of them rhymes I would like to tell people. It's about them now, not us. Because now they think they've earned love. We were raised to earn everything. Some people here, our parents taught us to earn everything. So we don't know how to receive love when it's just being given for nothing. You think you can buy love, but you really can't. You can perform, but that's not love. You're pretending. Now, the voice boxes we have in our heads that tell us that we're not good enough. But here comes grace telling you you're good enough. Grace is unmerited favor. It's an aspect of reckless love that God has for us. Now, a lot of Christians don't get it that grace is the currency of Christianity. Jesus Christ is grace. What Jesus came to do for us was to give us grace. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. (laughs) The love of God. The fellowship of the Holy Spirit. That grace of the Lord Jesus Christ. Grace as a throne. We were taught last week. Guess who that throne belongs to? God. Guess who's not that throne? Jesus. 
Because Jesus has come to show you love, has come to give you life, so you may have life more abundantly, so you don't have to die in the curse, in the sin. But some of us want to keep the Ten Commandments. So to us, we're performing for God because we believe that that's why God loves us, because we're clean, we're righteous. Forgetting that our righteousness is from Him. The righteousness of God is Jesus Christ, right? And what? He gave his righteousness for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have life eternal. Right? Now, this is Jonah not understanding grace. You were sent to deliver people. Did you forget your efforts? Did he forget that he traveled there? Then now you've delivered message to them. They've prayed, but you wanted them to be destroyed still because, well, you don't think about yourself. A lot of us don't love ourselves. You've gone all the way to deliver a message to people, but you still want them judged. And now this is you in your dysfunction, in your problems. God was still showing you love, but he didn't understand it. The plant grew to cover his head. He made no effort at that. This is why God, God, God's love is so different from what we think we understand. This is why God's love beats us every time. I don't think we ever get to the place of understanding fully how much God loves us. Because he is love. Now, a lot of people, the relationship they have with themselves so terrible. You push yourself so hard. Because there's a competition going on within you that you need to keep winning. Because you were wired to always perform. And now, people that love perfection can never love grace, can never understand grace. Because this is me, I do something good. People telling me, oh wow, that was so nice, man. This Wow, that was really good. But guess what? Because of the critical voice in my head that makes everything, I like things being perfect and nothing is perfect, which means I don't even fit in this world. God has placed me here for a purpose, but my dysfunction now, my brokenness now is not right. I need to fix it. Now, people are telling me, wow, that was good. But this is me telling myself, oh, it could have been better because I like to be perfect. And God, we wouldn't need God if we were perfect in the first place. So a lot of Christians practice, a lot of Christians are religionists. Let me use that word. They're not Christians because the foundation of Christianity is grace. Jesus came to die for us so we can have free life, so we can, have, we can approach God with boldness. We don't have to go kill cattle. We don't have to go get sheep or rams or whatever sacrifices you want to do. You don't have to go through that effort. You don't have to go through that length. Jesus has made everything easier for us. But we don't know how to key into that. We don't know how to understand that we can never earn it. You can, the Bible says, work your salvation with fear and trembling. Yes, work it. Work it. Put it to use. Put it to work. You can't earn it. You cannot earn it. You can't die for yourself. You can't die for your own sins. So there's not like you can't earn it. Somebody already died for you. The only way you pay him back is to offer yourself as a living sacrifice. 
because he had to die for you to live. So it became a curse for you to be blessed. But now here you are. God is trying to bless you, but you're trying to earn it. Now, the pattern in which some of us grew up, I would say for me, I'm trying to get something from my dad right now. I'm trying to get a book from my dad, for example. I got to be in my best behavior to get that book. So if my dad says, I'm getting you this book at the end of the week, boy, you better not mess up before the end of the week. You might not get that book anymore. So you got to be in your best behavior. And that's what they call pretense to God because God sees your heart. My dad might not see my heart. He doesn't see my heart. This is my actions. But that approach wouldn't work with God. A lot of people would like to perform for God, but God is looking at your heart like, yo, you're pushing yourself too hard. It's not genuine. You hear a lot of people trying to give um, offerings in church. You went and borrowed money for an offering. That doesn't make sense. If you have a dollar, give it. If you have 20 cents, give it. It doesn't have to be $500 to give to God. Whatever you have, give it. That's the bit where God doesn't look at you the way the world looks at you. God is looking at you the way he sees you. And a lot of us don't see ourselves the way God sees us. So guess what? We're stuck in the box, right? So grace is the gift of God nobody can really define. It is what allows us to be God's, to be in God's good books, even when we don't deserve it. Reckless love, I couldn't earn it. I don't deserve it. You don't deserve it. It's just, just gave you. Grace is the foundation of Christianity. However, a lot of Christians haven't mastered the concept of grace. Some people, like I said earlier, trying to earn salvation. Jesus paid that price. The only thing we have to do is give our lives to him. Um, we don't know how to be vulnerable sometimes to ourselves. Now we want to claim to love somebody else. We don't like to be wrong. And you know, like you, you know, wanting to be wrong or you don't like to be wrong means that you want to be God. And that's pride right there. Right? Because it gives grace to the humble. Right? So that point of brokenness we were talking about last week, we learned about last week, is that point of surrender where you get to that point and be like, God, please help me now. I can't really do this anymore. Have mercy on me, please. I read in the blog two weeks ago, our mercy could be temporary, but grace is forever. Because grace is the mother and mercy is the kid. Now, I take it up a notch. Love is the father. So as a family, there's love, there's grace, there's hope, there's faith. Right? Now, a lot of people want to leave grace out of love. It's not complete without love. There's no love without grace, to be honest. Oh, I love him. Oh, I love her. But the moment, oh, God, I've got pet peeves, man. If you do this, that's it. That's not grace. You're not being gracious to yourself. Talking to somebody else. Last week, I had this moment where I wanted to pray. And I felt bold enough to approach God's throne to pray. Because that thing said to me like, yo, the last few days and a couple days past, you haven't really done anything wrong. You've been good. So your prayers right now will be potent. So pray to God because you've been a good person for the last few days. 
And I heard that voice tell me right away that, yo, this is what they call pride. The blood is right there. Use it. The moment you think you are good enough is where you're proud. Now, we like to account for everything because that helps us stay in charge. So the moment somebody's giving you something you didn't earn, some people don't like gifts. They don't know how to get it. So if I give you a gift, if you give people like that gift, next thing is they're trying to pay you back. Yeah, good turn deserves another. I get it. But their mind, their heart is not right. If I give you a gift and because you don't, you don't understand why we give you that gift and you like to be in charge, you want to perform for me because you want to earn that gift. Grace is unmerited. It's a gift. A lot of people don't know how to receive it. Again, I'm saying it. So we like to be on our best behaviors because we think we can impress God. I'm not saying we can't move God sometimes with our actions, but guess what? Nothing catches him of God. Grace is that thing that gives you that enablement. The fact that you could do the right thing is the grace of God. The fact that you could go to church is the grace of God. The fact that you could pray this morning, that was grace. I used to be like, you know, I would say never, say never, never, say never, never. No. Yeah, I used to say never a lot. But I learned that instead of me saying I will never do this, I say by God's grace, I wouldn't do it. Faith without works is dead, so I'm not being lazy now. Nah, I'm letting you understand. So God searches the heart. So whatever our actions are, He knows our hearts. A lot of people are running from themselves. Something is chasing them. And if you're hardening yourself, you can never love somebody else. Are you single today and you're waiting on God for a partner and then you realize you're always hard on yourself? Chill. Ask God to help you today. Peter didn't understand the concept of grace. He tried. Yes, he preached that sermon and he won 3,000 souls. But God showed him a vision. He was still saying something is unclean. You're unclean, bruv. You yourself, you're unclean. But guess what? The person that understands or understood Grace the most was Apostle Paul. And a lot of people quote the Bible, you know, Paul this, Paul that. Yes, but we don't have the account that Paul had. Because he knows what it means to be on the other side. Now, Jonah thought it was perfect. And a lot of people got used sometimes, or used it, sorry. They think it's by their own perfection or, you know, righteousness. Nah, he can use anybody. To that person you wrote off, God might still have plans for them. We don't have to be wicked to ourselves. And a lot of people are. The wickedness, the depression, right, that Jonah felt made him pray prayers. Now I'm not saying grace is a free pass to go about sinning, right? But the sin doesn't now mean God dislikes us. Doesn't mean, he said, I would never leave you i would never forsake you but some people have left themselves some people left god's presence because they couldn't understand the concept of grace god asked him is it right for you to be angry he said nothing later on god asked him again 
right? After everything God did for him, right? God asked him again, is it right for you to be angry about the plant? He still said it's better for him to die than to live. That's a depressed fellow. That's someone that hates himself or hated himself. And a lot of us don't like ourselves. So the fact that God is using us, the gift of the Spirit are without repentance. So the fact that God is using you doesn't mean you're perfect. The best thing you could do to yourself or you can do for yourself is to learn grace. So as people of God, we need to learn what grace does for us. Grace is that strength. Grace is that um, or what you call that acceptance. Grace is that favor. Grace is that way God looks at us because it sees us through Jesus Christ. So if you're here in this land, you don't know how to be gracious to yourself, you reject yourself, which means that when people try to show you love, you don't know how to accept it because there's a self-competition going in within you and you need to win that race. And the only way you win is to accept grace. And the only way to accept grace is to understand that we're not perfect people and nothing is perfect. It's a fallen world we live in. Since man sinned, the world has been fallen since then. Now Jesus has come to redeem us to himself. We need to key into that redemption, that blood. A lot of people want to be perfect because you don't want to need the blood, but you need the blood every time. It's only by the grace of God, which is Jesus Christ. So it's through Jesus we are able to do anything. It's not by power, not by might, but by the Spirit. So everything we need to do, we still need God. Or we have to do, we need God. Let's open our Bibles quickly to Ephesians chapter 2. Read from verse 5 to 10. Ephesians 2, verse 5 to 10. Even when we were dead in trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved and raised us up together and made us sit together in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. That in the ages to come, he might show the exceeding riches of his grace in his kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. For by grace you have been saved through faith and that note of yourselves. It is the gift of God not of works, lest anyone should boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand, that we should walk in them. Remember, I want you to pay attention to verse 8 and 9. Verse 9 especially says, Not of works, lest anyone should boast. So you can't boast that you earned your salvation. You can't boast that you, you did that by yourself. Nah. The only thing we get to do, or we should do, is just, you know, connect, tap into that grace. You know, grace of God makes us do the right things. You know, because if you think it's by your works, that you get boastful. A lot of people don't know how to just be vulnerable because they like to be in control. And sometimes, I mean, I get insecurities, yeah. But sometimes that control we want to always have, 
is from our pride. It stems for pride or arrogance. You know, and the Bible already told us not to think too highly of ourselves that we ought to. Don't focus too much on yourself. Let the love of God, let the grace of God be enough for you. Because the moment we think it's about us, that we get proud. And, you know, James chapter 4, verse 6. It's my last scripture for today. James 4, 6. I read, But it gives more grace, therefore he says, God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. So when you are proud, normally God resists you. So imagine that. This is why a lot of people go through different, the same cycle because they've not learned grace. And God takes them through that couple times or more because he wants them to break. And when you break, guess what you should do? You look up. When you look up, yeah, you ask God for help. That's that point of brokenness where you're humble. And then God gives you grace to go through whatever you're going through. And this is the thing. So today, I want us to go with the acceptance that God loves us regardless. Whereas workmanship, he already said in the Bible, he has a plan already beforehand. We just need to walk in those plans. Just need to key into that plan that God has for us. So today, I want us to take off the pressure. Relax yourself. Relax your mind. Accept the grace of God and stop performing for anybody or for God. Do your bit. Don't push yourself too hard. If you're too hard on yourself, remember you're hard on people. If you're not gracious to yourself, you can be gracious to people, which means you're not loving yourself, which means you can't love any other person if you don't love yourself. You cannot pour from an empty cup. So Father Lord God, I bless your people today. I ask that you give them grace to be more gracious to themselves. I ask that you give us your love in abundance so we learn how to love ourselves. I pray that we have an encounter with you, with Jesus Christ, the gift of God, grace himself, that you teach us to love ourselves the way you love us. In Jesus' mighty name I've prayed. Amen.